Welcome to Elite Six Business Networking Think Tank, facilitated by your host, Danny DeHeck, the place where decision makers come together to share their experience, knowledge, and skills. We haven't been to our Think Tank meeting before. It's in four parts. People's experiences on the topic, uh, some problems that they face with the topic, and then some solutions, and hopefully we give you some takeaways to leave home with, and then we pick a new theme. So, uh, so obviously the theme of our think tank meeting today, which I've spelt wrong, it's actually becoming an authority in your field. And I did give an example of something. I think when I first started playing around on the internet 20 years ago, I called myself New Zealand's leading internet consultant. So I self-appointed myself as the leading internet consultant in New Zealand. <laughs> and just recently I've put that title back on myself because I thought it was quite funny, but I don't know if that's really a good example of becoming an authority in your field. But how do you own yourself in your industry? Like how do you become an expert in your field is really the topic. And the only thing I wouldn't recommend doing, if you want to become an expert, don't actually, um, look the definition up in the dictionary because an expert is actually a drip under pressure. Bizarre, isn't it? Anyway, so why don't we just quickly introduce ourselves since we've got a few, we'll probably get a few stragglers coming in later on, but um, Helen, who are you and what do you do? Helen Oates, and I, switch on with that. I, uh, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, yeah, I've said that. Um, and um, Come on, let's get oh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm just trying, trying to think. think. And I shoot sports, landscapes, portraits, and I make my own digital presets. And I do what I do because I love being creative. Cool. I'll take a word on that. Okay, Matt, what do you do? Uh, Matt James. I help navigate people's business journeys. Where's that going at the moment? I mean, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Where would you like to go? Mm. I just want a simple life. Yeah, that's what Helen used to think. <laughs> an, an income, an income that pays all my bills. Yeah. And, a, and a little Maserati in the garage. My house on yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Okay, what about Chris? What are you up to, mate? What do you, what do, you do? Chris Cameron, Youth Development and Life Skill Educator uh, with Shizoku Martial Arts. Cool. Loving that. Nigel Young? Um, affordable housing and products for people with disabilities, effectively, is where I'm at and oh. going. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Oh. Tiny nutshell. All Canterbury Computers. Uh, Basically, solving small businesses computer problems and offering them long-term solutions. They don't have any problems. Um, so they don't have any problems. Is that because mm -hmm. they are now using <coughs> Apple computers? Highly unlikely. Ah. <laughs> David Clark. They're all tools. You just choose the one you like using. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm an Apple freak. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I hear about it all the time because I've got a Windows computer. Mm. It was interesting. Did you watch the Senate thing yesterday? 
No. Oh, I think I did see some, but the four... The US Senate was interviewing the head of Apple, the head of Google, the head of Microsoft, and the head of Facebook. Yeah. Um, If you put an app in the App Store, you give permission for Apple to copy any elements of it. Oh, my golly. Oh, Um, yeah. It's like basically a thing in there that says they can record you um, without you knowing about it, and they're allowed to, or something like that. Jeez. When you type a message into Facebook and then change your mind and decide not to post it, Facebook have already grabbed it. Yeah. It's already in their system and they use the data. That's why I use it to share my passwords around. It's really good. <laughs> you know, it was quite an interesting scenario that because it was four mastermind, well, big massive companies, yeah. and they were actually saying that these guys have got too much power. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the antitrust. Yeah, their economies are bigger than some countries. Oh, yeah, between them, it was something trillion that they own, the four of them. Yeah, yeah part of that because they don't pay tax anywhere. And that's the other thing, isn't it? Don't yeah. Why don't they pay tax? Because they hide it all off, offshore. Oh. Everything goes through Ireland or... Oh, yeah. my golly. They don't even take it back to America. Yeah. Right. Oh. All right, just on topic there for a bit. Now, David Clarkson, you've got to introduce yourself, and then that's... Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm David Clarkson from Dynamic Communication. We build. We are business trainers that focus on communication skills. We build more confident, more competent, more credible communicators. And we're there to help you if you need help with your present company's presentation skills. That's whether you need them yourself or whether your staff need them, whoever needs them. So we're there. If you've got a problem with public speaking or with your presentation support. Very good. And everyone that's in here, we've got a profile on the Elite Six website. So if you search for their names, I'll try to introduce them as speak. Uh, Vicky, if you've got ears, what do you do, Vicky, in a nutshell? Okay. Vicky's gone to make a cup right, of coffee. So let's start this. <laughs> let's forget that. All right. People's experiences. Becoming an authority in your field. Are you? How's that going, guys? What's your experience in trying to become an authority in your field? Do you want to get your keyboard? That's the first question is who decides whether you're an authority? Well, that's the issue, isn't it? And how do you qualify it? Download the certificate from the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you decide. Yeah, you can self-appoint yeah, yourself. Which one is it? One. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the people that, I think that are seen as authorities are the ones that get off their butt and actually put themselves out there mm. and um, front front foot things and talk about their their industry and their topic and they end up being seen as the authority in their area. But are they the authority or is it just good marketing? It's it's, it's all marketing. That's all that an authority in the area is, is whoever's the, the best marketed so uh, who's the loudest is the most... Exactly. Highest profile, loudest voice seems to be mm. the Perception is reality. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. So it's all in illusions, what we're saying. Um, yeah. Um, I remember working for an Australian guy once, and he said, Danny, do you know the difference between Australians and Kiwis? And I went, no. He said, well, if I tell a Kiwi um, to jump, they will tell you, ask me how high. And then he said, but if you ask an Aussie to jump, he'll tell you, I can't tell you what he can tell you, but um, you get the idea. And I thought if people, if you say things, the majority of people will believe it before they question it. 
So you could tell people you're an expert. I wouldn't tell people I'm a surgeon if I was about to do an operation. Um, but in some fields, you can actually become an authority until challenged. I think also, I think the market to some extent decides if you're, you're an authority. Um, like if you get a, eventually, if you get a reputation, hopefully a good one, then um, that feeds the perception that you know what you're doing. But rightly or wrongly. Yep. I'm just going to make that screen bigger. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to get caught out if you are an absolute numpty and shouldn't be talking on a subject. Um, but in the meantime, it's quite interesting watching people. The people that I see who seem to be authorities are the ones that are actually out there talking. They're putting, they're putting themselves up for being attacked and trolled by people, but they're also the ones that are out there talking about things. And that, whether that being in marketing or, or within the boardroom, you know, it's, it's the ones that are actually uh, grinding away, but actually willing to be vocal about their knowledge and stuff or what's going on in the industry are the ones that will be seen as the experts in the industry. And a lot of the time you'll see it, especially in, in the corporate world, that the actual experts will be the workers, but it will be the, the manager or the expert that is, or the manager or the executive, which is held as the expert in their area. And they're not, it's their, their workers might be the expert programmers or the expert operation and logistics people, but they thoroughly understand the industry and they can manage those people really, really well to get some really good results. And because they vocalize at the board and another front person, they can be seen as the expert. Yeah. Now, um, I wonder if part of being an expert is being able to say, I don't know everything. I'm happy to defer to those around me who know more on a particular topic than I do. Mm -hmm. If you're deferring to the other people around you, that, that's basically saying you're not the expert. Yeah, I've been on loads of computer sorry. training courses where you ask the question, the trainer who's supposed to be the expert doesn't have the answer. He has to go and find out and come back to you, right. which um, doesn't leave you with a lot of confidence that they're the expert. So I guess experts need to be tested. I suppose what I'm trying to say is that you, you can't know everything, especially yeah. the topics around you. So is the expert the one who says, well, there are other experts in the area as well that I tend to work with or something? No, I think I, I think that the th I think the trick, Nigel, is that is we hold ourselves out to be an expert in a particular niche or area. Right. We're not saying that we're experts of everything. You know, let's face it, perfection is in the realm of the gods, and we don't make it. Maybe. Mm. Well, um, it's it's like what Nigel said. You. You can't really be an expert in anything because you can always learn more. Right. No matter what it is, you can always learn more. So mm. you can be an, an expert as, you know, as even a self-appointed expert, but there's always something you're going you're gonna to find out and learn about. As you've been an authority, is that actually, are we talking about the same thing, expert and authority? Is that, is it similar but not the same? Oh, it's, the, it's pretty much the same. Hmm. 
Um, I think, yeah. From my point of view, I think one of the ways that you can you can help yourself establish yourself as an expert is to um, write the book about your particular field or your particular uh, expertise. And if you look behind me, you'll see the book that I've written. It's on the poster behind me. And that helped establish me and helped me market myself as an expert around public speaking and presentation skills. Yeah, mm. that definitely shows you're an authority in it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Not having an opinion, isn't it? It's not about, no. about having an opinion. It's about, it's, um, I, I was said that you can do the talk, but if you don't do the walk. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and the same goes for like blogging. If you become a top blogger in a certain field, then you're pretty much looked at as an authority or an expert in that field, I guess. Hmm. I've got about a thousand blogs online. I always quite like telling people that. They go, oh, you're a big blogger. And I said, no, I paid somebody to write a whole lot of them years ago. I still use them. <laughs> but um, I do love blogging. But having a thousand blogs online and then when you publish a new blog and it's wrapped around all these other blogs, you know, people believe you're an authority blogger more. Yeah, you see, I wouldn't tell people I had someone had you know someone write them for me i'd just say yep i'm the authority in it i tell people everything I have no <laughs> secrets they know all about us honey and then i'd look like an authority in the field yeah you have to take that camera down though danny yeah i know um all right so where are we going with this this is going to be an interesting one we've got um people's experiences so uh, why don't we just jump to problems for a bit because i think you know, if you claim to be something you're not, that's obviously a problem. Well, yeah, I think it depends on your field. So yeah. if you're um, in the professions, if you like, then, or especially if you think of the medical professions, you're not, I'm not going to have someone do brain, brain surgery on me unless I know they are a genuine authority in what they're doing and have the qualifications and the relevant experience under their belt. Uh, yep. Whereas maybe someone who might come and help me choose the colour of my curtains in my home, which I do, and I value that sort of service, but mm. it's a different level of credibility, not credibility, different level of expectation. Um, so I think it's depending on how crucial the services you need. Um, yeah, so normally, it's, you know, I, I've got a lot of time for people who, who are time served, who built their experience and authority over a number of years of doing different experiences at different companies. However, there are some times when you absolutely need to go to the person with a piece of paper. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, not really related, but when I was a painter and a decorator, I was like the leading, in my polytech class, I was the best wallpaper. However, there was another guy that um, was the most qualified painter and decorator in New Zealand. And I used to literally follow around after him, fixing his work, ripping off his wallpaper and redoing it. And I was only a second year apprentice. And to give you an idea, wallpaper in most bedrooms in one hour, I was fast and I was, I was a master in my, but that's a tradesman. Now I don't know if I'd be a, an authority in the field because it's not really an authority being a trade, is it? But if somebody wanted it done right, my boss would come to me because he knew I was good at it, but that's not been an authority. So what, what would you, what's that oh, like into that sort of stuff? Of stuff? Oh, I'd say that's an authority, I would say. Yeah. 
yeah. No, it's, it's an expert of a sort. Yeah. Yeah. The other guy was the most qualified painter and decorator in New Zealand. He won a certificate. And because I couldn't read and write, I couldn't yeah, but, even pass those exams. Yeah, but someone that's got a certificate over someone that hasn't, it's like someone that's gone to uni and learned all the theory of something and someone that's gone into it and hasn't done that. It doesn't mean the one that's gone to uni has got more experience or is more of an authority. They could no. do it in a different way. So. Well, I mean, you can go, you can go and do an MBA uh, straight after your degree. Yeah, mm. but they used to try and stop it. People doing that because they realised you actually needed some actual you know runs on the board. You needed some practical experience. Mm. So that, that's probably theory. my point. Really, is <laughs> if you were showing people that you're an authority, could be you know another way, isn't it? By the way you you run your business, or because I've not I'm not qualified with nothing I've done, but I've had some fun along the way. But I mean, I, I'm quite smart when it comes to using a computer and I can show people and teach people, but I'm not a qualified teacher. But that practical experience actually gives me the authority. My, no, my snout's that, about yeah, there, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. You don't have to have a qualification to be an authority, I don't think. No. Mm. But you, what you do, though, is if you said, well, go talk to my previous clients, here's some clients to talk to. Mm. Yeah. That would give you authority. They would give you authority mm. it's like yeah. when we talk about setting up online shops for people it's easier to talk when you've got five shops yourself that have turned over you know tens of thousands of dollars worth of products in a year people will listen to you and be more interested than somebody who's got a theory about creating an online shop yeah practical yeah Practical experience. Yeah, yeah. practical. And, and, right. the, and the experience has just got to be something that people recognise or understand. So in the same way as Matt said, if you have, say, high-profile clients, then the fact that they are high-profile and they've been clients of yours leads credibility to the services that you offer. And that's that's a key thing. And the you know one of the other things is that there there may be other things that you have done that would add to your profile. For instance, mm. um, your ability your ability as a mountaineer. You may have climbed the seven highest mountains in the world, or um, you may have won an Olympic medal, or you may any of those sorts of achievement. In my own case, a couple of gold medals for public speaking and being a professional speaker that I've that spoken to high profile clients. Those sorts of things reflect uh, your expertise and the fact that other people have acknowledged you as, as an expert. I think the other one I'm thinking of you, Dave, is I know you're a distinguished Toastmaster and you've been in Toastmasters for over 25 years. Yep. And you've also started clubs. Yep. So if I was, if, if, when somebody comes along and said, I'm thinking about doing a, a club, I said, why don't you go talk to David Clarks? He knows all about that stuff and he's got a, a wealth of experience. So, you know, so that's the kind of, so, yeah. Just go to his experiences because we haven't got self-appointed either. Self-appointed. All right. There we go. Uh, yeah. So how's that going? Do, do you guys want to be authorities in your field? I think, I don't think anyone wouldn't, would they? I don't want to be seen as an authority in my field, but I want to be seen as being knowledgeable. And I think there's difference. Yeah. There's the diff I'm a person that can do it and I'm, I'm not bothered in marketing to the world and shouting out, Hey, I'm wonderful. Cause I can do this. I just get on and do it. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's um that's probably another thing, isn't it? It's kind of like what do they call that where you're uh oh you're labeling yourself as somebody for prestige. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we, we actually use this stuff, don't we, ourselves? Yeah. We we find it actually um you know I guess it's rep- reputation's got to come in there, hasn't it? You have a reputation for doing what you're not an authority, but you've got a good reputation. It comes back to your having the um, skills, but not the paperwork to back it up. If I was going to hire you to do something on my computer, you'd want to actually sell me peace of mind that you're competent. Hmm. So I'd like to think that, you know, that's what, if you can show people that you have got a history and you fix things in the past, you get peace of mind, they give you the computer and they know you're not going to stuff it up and put a screwdriver through it. That's what I'm saying. It's the difference between being an expert in a field and authority in a field. They're two different things. Yeah. Cool. Anyone else got any thoughts on that one? Well, I think there is a bit of a problem. You know, just looking at problems, so I'm a bit late coming in. Um, You know, it's an interesting thing that I I saw an interview with one of these guys down, I think it was called, I don't remember what it's called, uh, something beach in California where all these bodybuilders go down. Oh, Long Beach. Yeah. And so Long Beach. And they said, well, you know, how do you feel like being the biggest guy? He said, well, the thing is, you see, is I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the guys I know in Chicago who are much bigger than me. And I feel like the skinny one. So we all, as experts, we tend to think, oh, well, there's always someone who knows more than me. And yeah. that sometimes just sucks the, sucks out the energy out of ourselves. But we've got to realize that for the people that we're dealing with, we can be the authority. We can give them something useful. Yeah. And that kind of... It's a bit like Lachlan when I used to look at all these other photographers and I would hear myself and think, why are they doing so well and I'm not getting anywhere? And as soon as I stopped looking at their websites and compared myself, I I took off pretty much. Um, It's really easy to compare yourself with people and it's not a a good thing. And your comparison is a thief of all joy. Sorry, I want to use that. What's that? Sorry, Matt? Comparison is the yeah. thief of all joy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I like that. There was another one. Um, I've, you know, I often believe I'd, I've never really believed in I have any opposition in business, and it's kind of like I think your opposition. Maybe it's the same thing. Your opposition actually, if you compare yourself against your uh, somebody else, you never go past them. Yeah, that's the same deal, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, and the, imagine what you can accomplish. Uh, with no barriers and uh, with no limitations by being entrepreneurial is a lot of fun because you you sit in the way yourself you don't have to gauge yourself next to your competitor and think oh i'll do what they do or being a being a leader other people follow you if, if you get something you do gets copied it's a compliment mm-hmm. <laughs> you know not not a oh they're ripping me off it's kind of like we'll take that as a compliment because you're a leader in your field um, I, I, in terms of problems, I think you're going to, always going to get haters. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I'm a recruiter. And we're on the dartboard most many many times because you know when you think about it, if I've got a role and I have 200 applications, well, that's only you know a fraction of the people that I reject. 199 people. Yeah. But also, but in terms of establishing authority, you'll also get haters. And that's part of the game. And you have to accept that. As soon as you stand up and say, well, look, I'm going to talk, tell you, talk to you about photography or about public speaking, there's always going to be some haters. And that just goes with the territory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
true. We don't even hate us, Danny. We all love you. Yeah. I was just, I just while you're saying that, I think a lady was giving me a hard time on the internet last night. She goes um, about our our shops and the fact that we're getting products, buying them from one place and selling them at another place and making money. Yep. And she said, we're a bit of a ripoff. And I said, I could have gone direct. And I said, but you didn't. You bought yep. from us because we've managed to package it and groom it and make it look appealing and you bought. Yep. And I said, yeah. And I said, that, that, there's a cost in that too. You know, setting up a website, having staff, email services, the whole nine yards. And I said, so it's a business. And I said, you know, you compare, you know, we're business people. And that's what business people do. They buy from one, sell it to another and make a bit of money along the way. So yeah. that's actually quite clever, I think. Yeah. I, I actually asked this lady, would you like a business where you can work anywhere in the world off a laptop and have that freedom? I think most people would say yes. And I mm. said, well, that's what I've done. Yeah. But talk most people don't understand business. And when you start to apply their own job, you say, you say, so what do you do for a job? Oh, well, I work for, um, I work for a consultancy. What do you do? Well, I do admin. So what do they charge you out at? Oh, yeah, yeah. They charge me out at, you know, $180 an hour. So what do they pay you? Oh, 40 Wow, what a rip-off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, but we do all these other things. You know, it's not just me. It's all these other people. Da-da. <laughs> yeah. I know, and they just, and that, the, the, actually, the first question I went back to this lady with is, um, do you own a business? Do you have a business? Are you an authority? That's what I'm really asking her, isn't it? Yeah. Am I, are you in a business? Because if you are, I'm always. <laughs> I think sometimes, though, to turn people around, they do have to understand that, that that when you buy something, it's like when you go and pay for, pay for food at the restaurant and you pay, you know, three to four times. Well, buy a bottle of wine at a restaurant. It might cost you $50. And if you can go down the supermarket and you can buy it for $18. And as a guy who worked in restaurants said, yeah, and what's the seating like? Say that last bit again. What's the seating what's like? What's the seating like at the, at the, in, in the supermarket? Oh, you don't oh, drink yeah, it in the yeah. supermarket, though, do you? You drink it in yeah. the comfort of your own home watching yeah. telly. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, some people just simply do not understand that. But they, yeah. when they suddenly realise, oh, yeah, I, do, I do go out for a meal and I don't expect the same price in the supermarket. So why are you paying that difference? Why yeah. are you not just buying a, buying a sandwich in the, in the supermarket and eating it there? Yeah. yeah. And I think a service. You're actually not purchasing wine. The wine's free. You're actually purchasing the experience. Yeah. And the choice also, you know, if I go to a good restaurant and I say, well, what's, you know, what's a good average wine? I'm not a big, I don't know much wine. I, just, I know the two colours, three colours. Um, <laughs> but um, the point is, is you take their choice. They pick the wine and you accept their choice. So often they're better. You know, if I go to buy a bottle, I like, I buy it by the fancy label. Anything Central Otago, you got me sold. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, guys. Yeah. Um, excellent, really. So, being authority in your field is the uh, topic. Uh, yeah. We've had some really good uh, people's experiences. Some people think if you want to be authority, you need to get some training. Um, and then we've got people's oh, problems that they've had with being an authority. You get haters. People, lying. Yeah, people don't like that they don't like the fact that you might know more than them sometimes which is <laughs> well people don't like the fact when someone's doing really well and they're not it's yeah, a good well, old tall poppy syndrome I showed Helen a um, a TikTok of a young girl that was a big travel well seemed to be a big travel photographer 
And when they went into lockdown, she decided to get all the vegetables out of the fridge and set them up and do these landscape scenery shots. Mm-hmm. And she's got pictures of watermelons and little miniature people. And she's created the same landscape photographer that she would in her kitchen uh, on a smaller scale. It looked really, really good. And Helen, I remember Helen saying, oh, I wish I thought of that first. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, really creative. Yeah. But a lot of people would look at that in two different ways. They'd go, oh, who does she think she is? Or, wow, what a clever person. Yeah. You know, and I'd rather hang around clever people any day. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's some solutions then, guys? Um, I'm stop mm-hmm. saying arm. David, every time you hear me say arm, can you please write that down? <laughs> Just give a pointy stick to Helen. Helen, pointy what? stick in, in the arm. Oh, yeah. no, no. Find him a bottle of Central Otago wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as I get to drink it, I don't mind. Make him more fluid. Uh, the whole point of a fine is that you don't. <laughs> Plan. So we're looking at some solutions and ways that we could theoretically help it become more authoritative. Plan. You know, are we going to go back to university? I don't believe in universities. I'm the worst person in the world to ask that opinion to. But is that going to help us get authority if we went back to university and got a qualification? Well, it's not necessarily university, just higher education. Yeah, we can do yeah. courses. Depends on the industry, I think. Yeah. Depends on the industry. Yeah. Yeah, like, a, like what do they call those people? Surgeon? I, definitely... I mean, some people can go to uni or do a course and they come out with a practical experience. So, yeah. Um, a surgeon could be working with someone that is. Okay. Fix the key. She's, all right, she's back in the spa pool. She turned up naked at the meeting the other day. Yeah. She was in the spa pool. Do you want me to type? Uh, yeah, sorry, honey. Uh, uh, not honey. You guys aren't honey. Uh, um, so where are we going? Solutions. What, what could we do? Are oh, we still talking about why we need to be an authority? Somewhere. Being an authority yeah. in business. I, I'd like to have a, a say here. Um, People were, uh, you know, you're talking about university as, um, you know, people in authority. Universities are going out, and the um, my partner is a, a teacher of um, director of innovation at, uh, at St Margaret's College, and went away on a um, conference, and they're talking about university will not be something of the of the future. Universities are going out. They're oh, teaching really? now. They're teaching women, uh, young young women at, at the college, to be leaders and entrepreneurs. Wow. These, Brilliant. these I want to go to that school. now, um, uh, Tommy is teaching uh, girls as a, a new uh, project called Project X. Project X is teaching the girls how to think about what anything at all. Uh, so, for example, take a subject. So one of them has taken space junk and is creating um, her project on how they're going to clean up um, junk in, in space. Now, you might think, oh, that's a bit far-fetched. But these girls have been to NASA. Uh, my partner went to NASA last year, um, took this bunch of really keen, uh, keen young women and they are in working towards how you know scientific ways um of cleaning up this junk uh, in space another one is actually doing um studying ants and the way 
that they can create um, the get the ants creating vaccine for immunologically um, challenged people, so people with cancer, people who um, have like uh, rheumatoid arthritis and things like that. So getting vaccines and creating these vaccines and this Project X is all about starting at the beginning and they're going to go right through and end the project by actually having having this project and it'll be judged, the NASA one will be judged, um, they're getting, uh, uh, her name is Stott, S-T-O-O-T, she was an astronaut, uh, a woman astronaut that went to space, I can't remember now when she actually went, um, and she was one, one person who um, they're going to seek advice from and um, going to look over the projects and say, well, what do you think? Yeah. So these universities out. People talking about university now, I, I have to cringe because a university is not going to be, it will be, it is going to be on the back burner. So mm. it is now entrepreneurship. It is now um, having these young uh, people creating their own businesses. And if they can't create it, um, then they will be working towards creating um, data so that other people can create. So it's yeah, um, it's, Vicky. Yeah. I saw. Um, no, I follow Mind Valley, and the guy who oh, runs yes. that talks about. The yes, same I know Mind Valley. Yeah, mm -hmm. so he that Vishen Lakiani talks about um, having like he calls them sort of universities, but they're like teaching the kids of now to become entrepreneurs and leaders, like what you're saying. And yeah. he, he's doing it as a, um, he sort of says about breaking the rules and why should we have to go to school or uni to learn? Can we not? That's right. Yeah, as a community, and we should be teaching our youth how to become a leader like that's right. now when they're Well, that's what these schools are yeah. doing. That's what St. Margaret's are doing. That's what St. Andrews are doing. These yeah. schools now are really driving towards, I mean, we're, we're just, we're all sitting here blah, blah, blaring on about it. They're actually doing it. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, we um, we teach kids at school in, in this box that everybody learns the same way. There's not a lot of creativity, and we don't no. really teach them, you know, work skills. We teach them, you know, theory things. Um, and I think if you could do something like that, and they all come out to be entrepreneurs, that'd be amazing. I saw yeah. something on TV a day or two ago about a 10-year-old boy who um, has got his first job. Um, I saw he had a Shopify site, actually. And what he That's does, right. his dad helped him, but he, he gets these pieces of old cords like these, if they're broken, and he puts a little bit That's of right. and he solders each side on, heats it, and he fixes it. Yeah, that was on the news, Helen. Yeah, and he's yeah. like 10. <laughs> yeah. I think... Um, and, and, when I was that, that's brilliant. He, he, yeah. he, you know, he's really somebody has encouraged him to do yeah. that. Now, you know, it's I always um, stand out at the washing line and think, <clears throat> why didn't I invent this bloody? I know thing? we yeah. all do that. Yeah. Right, the clothesline. <laughs> um, we'll just keep um, moving around there if we can. So, um, I just one thing did come into my just, brain. Sorry, Dave. I was going to say that um, I think, in actual fact, you've got to take education in context. And I appreciate the comments that have been made about entrepreneurialism, et cetera, et cetera. But the long and the short of it is, 
that a great part of our society is dependent upon knowledge that's, that's garnered in places of educational excellence. And I'm talking about medicine, I'm talking about aeronautics, I'm talking about engineering, I'm talking about architecture, and the list goes on. And there was always going to be a place for those sorts of institutions who not only educate, but do the research and the development that's inherent with it. So if you have one without the other, you're going to have a very lopsided society. You need both of them hand in hand working together. These um, people are doing the vaccines, uh, looking for a vaccine for COVID at the moment. I'm so glad they have been trained (laughs) because I don't think an entrepreneur is going to come up with the solution to that. Um, There may be some steps around it. (laughs) (laughs) Universities will change, but but as David said, I mean, for example, if I I was having heart surgery and they said, oh, this guy learned himself off off a bit of YouTube and then he made up the (laughs) room, I would be slightly concerned or a pilot. He yeah, said, look, we played yeah. flight sim for yeah. about three months now, so don't worry. Um, I would be slightly concerned. And the mm. university is just really, it, it will just change in shape. But yeah. of course, there's going, to be, there's going to be a source of knowledge or verified knowledge that has to go out. The challenge with universities is how things are changing so quickly. Yeah, mm. yeah. Latency, that, that is, there's the problem. People are learning stuff that's out of date when they're learning it. Um, but in terms of the knowledge, you know, the fact is, I think what we're talking about the fact is we all need, obviously, knowledge. But I think that the knowledge is the journey, is a journey. It is not something where you, you think, oh, I'm going to learn a bit, because you're always progressing in time. I and mean, look at David. He knows more than any of us in that head of it. He's twice the age of anyone, though, isn't he? <laughs> Lachlan, you're a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> Lifelong learning. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, guys. With um, I, I just a uh, personal thing, but when I was, uh, you know, I didn't leave school very educated, but when I got a chance to actually get good at something, then I realised I could uh, master an art. I think... Um, you know, I think that's like all of us when we realised, like I didn't have business worked until I got a business partner and then I started working for myself as a painter and a decorator and then I understood business and then I've never looked back. But it was just that, that little uh, disbelief of how it all worked and not understanding it, not thinking you can do something, uh, that, you know. That's quite funny because when I started as a photographer, I just wanted to do all the creative stuff and I had no idea about the business side and that's why I couldn't get traction because I didn't know about the business side. So, you know, having a bit of a business head and learning that side of it is so important. Mm. Yeah. All right, guys. So solutions for authority. What we're talking about here is, is, is sort of establishing authority. Um, and that's quite interesting because I've sort of been looking at this a little bit. And, and one of the things that just takes, takes time, you can't suddenly jump up on a stage and tell people a bunch of facts. It, you know, when you look at social media, I mean, look at you, Danny, you put stuff out all the time. It takes a, it takes a while. You, you don't just put stuff out and then two minutes later, people ask you to come and speak for them mm. on that subject. Yeah. yeah. But you have to take that as it, it takes time. It's like mm. cooking, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a slow burn. Mm. It's, it's, it's Sorry. It's, it's credibility, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. Credibility, did you say? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, well, that's what we're talking about. It's establishing credibility, really. Yeah. We've got about 10 more minutes. Um, we're, we're today. Is this a good subject? I think it's great, yeah. Being an authority. Yeah. Okay, does it pay well? I think it does. Oh, 
Damn, I missed that part of the business. <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to start a new industry up, uh, maybe we could pick on Chris. Um, <coughs> what sort of thing would you think you'd make sure if you want to become authority quickly? What do you do? I mean, advertising is one thing. Well, if you become, most people can't become but they could have a niche that other people hadn't got into, and then you could be an authority on that <coughs> in that niche because no one else has that niche. So, so that's the way of doing it. Yeah. Great, uh, start yourself a category that doesn't exist. Yeah, pretty like much. New Zealand's leading internet consultant. What yeah. the hell's an internet consultant? Don't know. Made it up. But in the meantime, I'm the leading one because I'm the first one. Well, exactly. I'm also yeah. the last one. But yeah. <laughs> um, you know, something that was interesting. I follow a guy called the Ecom Crew, and they're a bunch, and, and they have a little thing. They did it. They they were sitting talking about a 5K challenge. In other words, you got five thousand dollars, had nothing left. What would you do? And one guy said, "Oh, look, I'd, I'd just I'd, I'd import products from China and sell them. You know, that's what I do." And the other guy said, "Oh, no, I'd do I'd, I'd design a product." And the guy said, "You know," he said, "What I do is I would just." Build a, find, a, find a tribe, develop a tribe, something I know about, give them information, and then I'd ask them what they wanted, trying to find their pain and sell them that. And all the other, the other two said, do you know what? Think about it again. That's exactly what we would do. And these guys were big in e-commerce. They um, said that. And, and I think that's an interesting thing because you talk about how to make money of it, money up things. Um, you know, the guy who did Twitter, Jack Dorsey is his name, I think, uh, he said sometimes you just have to take one little point of pain out of people's lives. Yeah, that's you right. Know, they make, they make the hook to carry the carry the plastic carry bags home from the supermarket. Yeah, looking at becoming an authority in your field, I wouldn't look at that as, um, you know, how much money I could earn. I would look at that as how much knowledge I have and how much knowledge I could give out. It wouldn't be a monetary thing to me. And mm. it, it'd be a prestige thing. All she knows a lot will go to her, you know, that sort of thing. But, but you can make a good income if you're taking away pain in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the photography business is a hard one because you've got aspirin businesses and you've got vitamin businesses. Mm. You know, aspirin businesses take away people's pain. They know what they want. They'll find you and they'll hunt you down. Yeah. That's a civil engineer or structural engineer or something. Mm. Photography is a vitamin business. You've got to sell it to people. Yeah. And I'm a recruiter and it's, it's sort of a bit vitamin and a bit aspirin. I look for the aspirin clients. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking of somebody I'm thinking of at the moment who's an authority in this field, and it's um, Rodney Ford, who's a gluten-free mm. expert. And yep. he actually got to be on TED Talks, and he talked about how children who can't digest gluten, is he got on there and he held up these uh, blocks um, of plastic. And he said, this is what children are trying to digest when they're trying to digest and that can't go through their bodies. And then he showed a thousand pictures of children that he's uh, helped over the years with his theories. And uh, it was a really good TED talk. But, um, you know, if I ever think about gluten, I always think of Rodney Ford. And he's a bit of a hard case character, um, but he's obviously established himself as an authority in his field, even though I don't even know what type of uh, qualifications. I don't even think he's got a doctrinal background. I don't know. But I, wouldn't, I didn't need to find out whether he's been university taught because he was he had his haters along the way who said he didn't know what he's talking about yeah and he'd get these children turning up in his office that were like pregnant because they couldn't digest food and then he said put them on a gluten-free diet and all their symptoms went away or their eczema mm. went away and all these sort of things and so, so he established um, himself over time didn't he yeah he was what he established himself 
you know. But also, I mean, there's many people who just develop authority by asking a whole lot of other people yeah. who know more than them. Well, for a lot of people, thesis, that's all a thesis is, isn't it? Yeah, yep. that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you display your authority? Well, I think you show some of the wisdom you've picked up over the time. You would get references, recommendations from people. Yep. Yeah, ask your clients. Yeah. Being an elite six member. Oh, yep. good. Thank Chris. Look at that, eh? <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. Well, that's yeah. a interesting question, Chris. That's right, um, uh, uh, Danny. You uh, how how do you show up? But I think there's two sort of questions there, mm. is, and. And, and in other words, how can you make it apparent that you've got that authority, but also what is the best way to deliver that or that, that knowledge and that wisdom you've got? There's two separate questions there. Mm. But wait, sometimes the best way to deliver wisdom is really don't, don't be narcissistic. Don't talk about yourself all the time. Give credit to other people because that's quite often a, a much nicer way to do it. Mm. Uh, yeah. I might say, look, my friend David told me this. And I think yeah, he's a great guy, David, isn't he? Look at him. Yeah. Dare to live with the guy, yeah. But the point is, you know, that's you've got to, to attribute people if they give it to you. There's, there's no, there's no. It's, I mean, it's just a really good way to do it. Mm. I mean, it's true, actually. Yeah. It is. It is nice to actually just telling other people about other people's authority in it. Mm. Yeah, sure. yeah I've been. I often call myself a connector, and I often think you need to talk to them because they know what to do. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, takeaways, guys. We'll keep this going. Um, Takeaways, what sort of things have we got out of this? Uh, recommendations to win that. Who said that, Matt? You put recommendations in there, that's a solution. Yeah. Recommendations. Yeah. Boom. Get a recommendation of somebody. Takeaways. One of the takeaways out of this for me is that you've got to be prepared to put in the hard yards to make yourself an expert. Mm. Yeah. I like that actually. Uh, a lot of people who are young these days just want to get to the finish line, yeah. and they don't have that longevity stuff, and they want a quick solution. And I think that's where even like financial stuff. Uh, a few years ago, you could loan money for anything. I think when I was younger, I had about ten HPs, and if I wanted a stereo for the car, I could just go put it on tick, and they'd go away and they'd find out whether I had a good financial thing, and then they'd come back and go, "Here's a new stereo," and then I'd be paying another ten dollars a week. So I remember adding those up. I'm pretty sure I had over ten HPs going, but these days a lot of the kids they don't seem to have that so much, but they want it all now. And I remember somebody saying that when you were, <coughs> well, probably in the I don't know if this is right, but in the in the fifties when your parents used to move into a house, they'd normally have about seven things necessities of living into a new house but now these days when kids get their first house it's often a half a million dollar house and they reckon that rather than seven things they reckon that there's 77 things that you must have <laughs> when you have your first home <laughs> and i think that's people want to run before they can walk Yeah, problem with it as well is that houses nowadays, you know, are quite expensive. So kids have to have half a million almost to, well, they don't, but, you know, they have to have a fair chunk to buy their first house. And some people can't even buy one, I guess, because they don't have um, enough capital, enough deposit. So, hmm. yeah. 
Another thing around takeaways, Danny, is that I, th I think that what people have got to be able to do is um, we've got to be able to provide credentials that back up our, our expertise mm -hmm. and um, we've got to be able, the people that we deal with, we've got to be able to check their credentials so that, so that we can be happy with their expertise. So it's a two-way street. I like it. Uh, how's the energy in the room today? Everyone okay? Yeah, pretty good. It's Fridays, you know. Friday. What are we doing this weekend that's going to be interesting? Not what I thought it was. Yeah, sorry about that, Paul. <laughs> I'm going to be watching the Crusaders. All right. Now, that was an interesting thing. I watched that At home. a couple of weeks ago and it finished up 27-29. Uh, most of the games have been two points between them all. Where yeah. are the Crusaders playing, David? Are they away? They're, they're away to the Chiefs, yep. Oh, yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Mm. All right, guys, uh, how about a topic for next week? Crusaders? <laughs> <laughs> Business ethics. ethics. That's a good one. Mm. All right. Business ethics. Ethics, business ethics. So, what, uh, yeah, do you want to do that in caps? Um, business ethics. Ethics. Hmm. Ethics. Good business ethics. So, go, go, guys. Um, have a good weekend yep. and see you next week. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, I will actually stop the recording now and I'd like to thank you guys for coming along. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you are listening to this on the podcast, please do check out our website, elite6.co.nz and subscribe to our podcast and uh, check out our blog sections as well. And all the people in the window today are members of Elite 6. Go along to our directory and you'll find their profiles if you want to find out more about them. Thank you for listening.